Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, May 26, 2020, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. As you may have heard, we had to reschedule our two spring quests and add one in September. This is a soul family reunion in the crystal capital of the world, and any starseed with at least one galactic degree on their chart is welcome to join us. The August Harmonic Convergence quest will be August 14 to 17. The rescheduled quest is September 25 to 28. We usually don't go in September. Uh, And then the November Pleiadian lineup quest will be November 13 through the 16th. There are only two spots left for September, and the other two are filling up quickly. Uh, So if you feel the call to join us, please write to crystals at starseedhotline.com right away to secure one of the remaining spots or to get more info. Our special guest this evening is Sagrira who is an animal communicator and also offers her own unique blend of Reiki and multidimensional energy healing for animals. Communicating with animals around the world for the past 10 years, Sagrira learned early on that many of the animal spirit guides coming forward in sessions were galactic. This led her to exploring her own soul's starseed roots, finding Lavendar, and finally attending two of our starseed quests in 2019. Sagrira helps interspecies families understand each other better and also communicates with animals and spirit. Her mission is to transcend the species hierarchy. Based on her experiences directly communicating with animals, she understands that they are often our energetic, emotional, spiritual, and galactic teachers here on Earth. They tend to have advice for their starseed humans and assisting them in waking up. Prior to going full-time as an animal communicator, Segura was also a fine art, pro- fine art photography professor at Oglethorpe University for 12 years. She's been a guest on many shows and podcasts, including Jamie Butler's The Lighter Side Network and Upgrading Human Potential with Jules Arness. Segura grew up in Curacao and her love for animals was there since childhood, and she used to feel very different because she had a sense of their equality which is not shared by the mainstream. Now she's deeply grateful as this is what allows her to do the work she came to Earth to do. She currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband and their two beloved starseed feline children. You can check out her website, which is sigrira.com, and sigrira is spelled S I. G-R-I-R-A. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank uh, Jada and Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Segura. We have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page and you'll get our weekly show notices so you know what's coming up 
if you enable those notices. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself, and coming soon with Rebecca also. And please be aware that due to a massive global Starseed activation, our waiting lists are now at at least six months until we get our new astrologers trained. It's great news for the planet, but we need to expand our team to keep up and meet the demand. So your understanding and patience will be greatly appreciated. And if you have a, if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that will happen by requesting your solar return timing, and that only takes a few days. But if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that, you'll need to order at least six months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours happens. So first up tonight, I am going to look for Anastasia's number. we got a lot of people on the switchboard already. There you are. Okay, so let me get that all going. And it is Anastasia's Starseed News. <laughs> Good evening, Ariel. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you. It's a beautiful May evening, and we'll get started. Well, India has had problems with locusts. They tell us that they're having their worst locust attack in a very long time. Swarms of the desert locust, which invaded India via Pakistan in April, have made their way to at least five states in India, leaving a trail of destruction in their wake. They tell us the desert locust moves in large groups. They call them swarms. They eat crops up to their own weight every day, every single day. They eat their own weight. And they have millions of locusts descending on India at this time, and they're eating up the crops. Oh, no. Eyewitnesses report that the swarm that entered India from Pakistan was about two or three miles long. So, Oh, my gosh. And Siberia is in the midst of a really freakish heat wave. They say that western Siberia is having abnormally high May temperatures, some areas above the Arctic Circle breaking record highs, and this is according to the Siberian Times and the Washington Post. Weather experts say the temperatures in the region have been between 3 degrees Celsius and 6 degrees Celsius above average since January. They say that this is not only a new record anomaly for Russia, It's the largest January to April anomaly ever seen in any country's national average, according to a spokesman for the nonprofit climate research group that reported on this story. Well, you know, these are trying times for everyone. I don't care who you are, you're feeling the stress. And there's lots of news that makes us shudder. So let's talk about some good news tonight. And I want to thank... Uh, uh, Lavendar and Tammy for their assistance with these stories. So I'm going to share some good news with you this evening because it's time for some. And I'm telling you, you know, with everything that's going on, this cycle of tremendous change in our world, and wise people have asked, well, life will never be the same, but how are we going to make it from here on out? What do we want the world to look like? And that is a wonderful, absolutely accurate right on way to look at it what do we want the world to look at like moving forward we're learning a lot from the circumstances of uh slowered human movement across the planet 
nature is recovering in many ways. There are many benefits to nature from us just restraining ourselves with our un, our insatiable need for consumption and busyness and running around with doing much, not much of anything. And all of the things that we are so used to doing for distraction and purpose and meaning, now we are having to find new ways to live and new ways to be just exactly what the cosmic doctor ordered. So let's talk about some of the things that are going on and how people are using this time and opportunity to stand up for what they believe in, for what's right, and to enhance and further help the healing of the planet and so on. In the Highlands, in Scotland, this is an amazing story. I mean, I never even thought about this, but I will say that I was speaking with someone the other day and I happened to comment about how denuded Scotland looks in many of the photographs I've seen in the last 20 years, 15 years. There aren't any trees. And I'd often scratched my head over that, thinking surely it didn't look like this forever. Well, no, it didn't. And nor did I really realize that Scotland is in the process of reforesting the country. And at the center of this is a group of what they call rewilding enthusiasts. These are people who are replanting wild varieties of trees. Now, these uh, wonderful people have foregone the comforts of their own houses during lockdown so that they could stay in the Scottish Highlands and look after 100,000 baby trees. Well, I'll explain to you. These are volunteers who work for a group called Trees for Life, and they have been voluntarily isolating themselves at this rewilding estate since March, they're trying to save more than 100,000 native trees from being locked, lost because of the coronavirus lockdown. In other words, these trees need someone to care for them because they are saplings. Now, these saplings include scotch pine, rowan, juniper, hazel, holly, and oak, as well as a rare mountain species such as dwarf birch and woolly willow. Now, all of these, seed, all of these trees were grown from seeds. And they're due for planting out on the hills during this spring. And this is a part of that initiative to restore Scotland's ancient Caledonian forest. Now what they said was, we were all set for another busy season of preparing thousands of young native trees for planting on the hills by volunteers. When the coronavirus crisis forced the postponement of this spring's tree planting meaning that tens of thousands of young trees will not have left the nursery as was planned for them. But nature isn't in lockdown, the uh, program's manager said. All of these precious trees have been coming into leaf, and we have to take care of them, especially in the dry weather that we've been having, because without regular watering, they would all die. We also needed to start sowing new seeds right now to ensure a supply of trees for the future planting seasons. So to save these seedlings, this group of people chose to isolate themselves with the trees rather than at their houses when the national lockdown was announced. This team hasn't left the tree farm since March, as I said, other than just a few central trips to the store and collecting prescriptions for people and such. And food is arriving at the, at the rewilding estate uh, through supermarket deliveries. So these are people who are out there planting trees, taking care of trees, rebuilding the Caledonian forest of Scotland. I That just gives me goosebumps. How wonderful me is too. that? Isn't that awesome? Chills. Mm. Yeah. It's wonderful. 
one and of my another favorite story. things to uh, Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, you, have you seen any, maybe you haven't noticed or probably not even thought about it, but pictures of Scotland at this beautiful rolling hills full of heather and stuff, but it's bare. Uh, and, man, they need trees. They need to get their trees back. And they're doing it. It's going to be beautiful for next generations. And it's because these people are sticking their, you know, they're holding to it. They're doing their jobs, and it's great. Well, in Africa, there is an initiative to provide free face masks to some of the world's poorest people. And that was launched in several African nations in in an attempt to halt the spread of coronavirus, which is really ravaging Africa right now. This company is called African Masks, and it's a nonprofit venture supported by crowdfunding. That's a really cool thing, crowdfunding. And it was established last month, and now they're distributing cloth masks in the Democratic Republic of Congo and other African states through teams of volunteers. Now, as, as of this date, almost 7,000 masks have been handmade using African textiles produced by local tailors. Now, the masks are being distributed to people like motorbike taxi drivers, market traders and elderly people who are living and working in populated and impoverished community areas where there have been confirmed cases of the virus. Now, a humanitarian worker that founded African Masks says that cloth masks are fairly inexpensive and a useful tool against contagion. However, many people cannot afford masks because our economies have almost stopped. And she said, we're using local talent by producing the masks locally and providing some jobs during a tough economic time. Now, the lead tailor of the group said the average production cost per mask is less than a dollar. It's about, I don't know, a little under a dollar, 74 cents. And the idea was to create something that could be reusable and low cost, he said. But at the same time, we hope the colors create a less stressful atmosphere in the street and are more aesthetically pleasing. Well, how lovely. Um, And African textiles, yeah, are so pretty. I love African anything, the beads, the textiles. It's so gorgeous. And here's something. I'm sorry I can't share this photograph with you, Um, but two Mexican entrepreneurs just created uh, vegan leather made out of cactus leaves. Now, there was a picture on the Internet with this handbag. And it's a beautiful cactus green, and it looks as soft and supple, supple as calfskin. It's gorgeous. And so this couple of guys have decided to use a natural uh, re- local resource to do this. And they said that they're trying to reduce waste and rely on more sustainable fashion. And these entrepreneurs from Mexico created this alternative to, to leather. It's the first of its kind. And they've done it with prickly pear cactus prickly pear now they launched their company which they called deserto and they report it as an organic alternative to leather made out of entirely the cactus plant which is synonymous with the native country of mexico and yes the vegan leather is just as aesthetically pleasing as the real leather you see anywhere else and it certainly is by the photograph it's gorgeous well They were interviewed by a uh, paper or magazine, Fashion United, and the founders said how this uh, light bulb of an idea came about. They said, the idea of using this raw material was conceived because this plant does not need any water to grow, and there is plenty of it throughout the Mexican Republic. And also, symbolically, it represents all of us Mexicans, and everybody knows it. They said, aside from fashion, 
These two men are hoping their new creation can replace other leather goods used in furniture as well as the automotive industry, uh, which is leather made from animal skins. It's amazing. Check it out. Check that out, guys. Uh, Leather made from cactus leaves. It's really pretty. Oh, boy, this is quite the story. Now, you know, I would almost chalk this up to odd animal behavior, but it's odd in a very good way. I honestly think this man has something special about him. But there's a Belgian man who actually, well, kind of became acquainted with an owl family. And not only did he become acquainted with them, but they watched television together. Now, that's for real. (laughs) This is for real. Um, The article says, A Belgian man has managed to strike up a friendship with an unlikely new family living outside his window. When a man initially heard noises coming from the planter outside his third-story apartment window two months ago, he assumed that he was being visited by pesky pigeons. He doesn't like pigeons, as the reader of this article will soon find out. He doesn't care for pigeons too much, but to his surprise, he arrived home one day just in time to see an enormous Eurasian eagle owl taking flight from his balcony. Now, looking a little bit closer, he was shocked to find three fluffy baby owls staring back at him. Oh. Now, Eurasian eagle owls hold the Guinness World Record for being the largest owl in the world with a wingspan of about five feet. And oh, wow. these three baby owls in the planter are expected to reach full maturity after four months of nesting, but until then, they have found a great amount of entertainment in watching television with their human friend. Now, this man was interviewed on a Dutch television show, and he said that the chicks will often watch his television from the window for hours at a time. Now, although the mother is still relatively cautious about this man, the chicks have been more than happy to spend their afternoons with him, and the feeling Uh is mutual. He told Dutch reporters that he certainly hopes the owls will return again next year. Wow. Wow. This this man, he's got... He's got something spiritual going on there that's far out that a, an owl would nest in his flower box. Oh, that's on the third floor. Yes, yes, yes. And and the, that the babies, that she laid eggs is amazing, and that they hatched is amazing, and, and, it's all, and that they watch television is unbelievable. You know, in this world <laughs> today, anything goes. So since reality's upside down, I happen to like that reality. Yeah, an owl that will watch television with you, that's, that is, <laughs> that's the kind of world I want to live in. Oh, it was great. Well, and uh, I know all the starseed, many of you feel the way I do about the homeless. I feel that way about homeless forever. I think it's a travesty in the world that anybody has to doesn't have a house to live in or doesn't have food. It's not right. It's wrong. Uh, or it is what it is, some people would say. But anyway, I, I think about it often, and I think we should do something about it. And now the Canadian government has. <clears throat> the Canadian government has bought hotels to house the homeless. Uh, British Columbian government has managed to provide housing for more than 200 homeless Canadians while simultaneously bringing economic support to struggling hotels during the COVID-19 crisis. Now, they're spending a lot of money uh, on these hotels. Uh, This week, uh, the legislators of their government purchased the Comfort Inn Hotel in Victoria for $18.5 million Canadian dollars, 
as a means of sheltering homeless people that are living in street encampments amidst the pandemic. Now, in addition to the hotel being equipped with 65 rooms for temporary accommodations, the uh, government is also rehiring laid-off hotel workers to manage the facility. Now, the Minister of Social Development and Poverty Reduction in Canada said, often people experiencing homelessness are not able to access the support and services they need. The purchase of the Comfort Inn, combined with medical and social supports, will help people make the transition from the street into permanent housing. Now, this is not the first facility that the province has purchased to accommodate homeless people. In the city of Prince Rupert, the province purchased another motel in order to convert it into a permanent supportive housing building with up to 48 units, each with washrooms, showers, and many kitchens. And once complete, this building will have the capacity for a 35-space temporary shelter or an extreme weather response shelter by 2021. Uh, come on, America. We have so many vacant buildings, so many vacant lots just sitting. Um, so as we make our way into a new world and a new normal, let's think about think about that, what we can do to house the homeless and maybe just stop homelessness altogether. Here is an amazing story. Um, I think a lot of children are fascinated with storks. If you kind of, if you're a Westerner anyway, Western culture, we think about childhood storybook pictures of storks carrying a blanket. And yes, some parents actually did tell their children that they, <laughs> the storks brought them. When kids say, where did I come from? Well, the stork brought you. Well, <clears throat> Now white storks have hatched the first wild chicks born in England in 600 years. And right now we're not talking about storks bringing human babies. We are talking about storks having their own babies. And there is something called the White Stork Project in England, and they delightedly announced last week that wild storks in West Sussex have hatched their very own babies, and it's the first time in England since the 1400s. Now, this used to be common in the Middle Ages. There were lots of storks in England. But up until recently, up until now, there have not been any babies being born, stork babies. Well, they have this private estate used for stork conservation. And they found five eggs at a net, in a nest high up in an oak tree uh, recently. And after 33 days of incubation and much tending by the parent storks, uh, the first chick just hatched about two weeks ago. And this was the same pair that attempted to breed last year without success. I wonder what's changed. Hmm. Something in the environment? Not as many people running around? I don't know. They say that this female, the mother bird, is a ringed bird from the project which came to the conservatory in 2016 from Poland. So it's been in England for that long. But the male stork has no identifying ring, so they say it's to be probably one of the vagrant storks. They don't know where it's from, and it visits the U.K. each year. So those two got together. And in addition to that, there are two other breeding pairs on the property with six eggs in total having hatched in, in those two pairs' nests. Well, that's some babies being born here. And they say that especially now this birth brings hope. Um, 
the project manager says, this stunning species has really captured people's imagination during the period of lockdown, and it's been great hearing about the joy and hope they've brought to people. People are actually showing an interest in nature right now. He said, it's an exciting first step toward reestablishing 20 wild pairs of majestic birds at each of the three stork conservatory locations in England, bringing them back into England once again after 600 years. That's just awesome. They are native, I guess, wow. to that area and steeped deep into the history of England, particularly Middle Age history. And there it is. I mean, they're coming back. It's amazing. All right, let's have a quote to end our news for tonight, and I think that it is really appropriate if you think about it. Difficult times always create more opportunities for you to experience more love in your life. And you know, when you get frustrated and irritated and angry and upset, as you know happens in times like this, turn that into something uh, redirect that, redirect those feelings into thinking about all the love that's around you and all the love that you have in the heart and all the love that we're seeing out there, people extending to each other. We will not only experience more love, but we'll find more love. And I really do think that hardship calls us into that space, the space of our hearts. It calls us away from the endless distractions and fri- frivolities that's fill so much of our lives and have up until this time. So difficulties have a way of bringing things back into balance. The universe's way of assisting us with our growth and evolution and actually helping us to find the very thing that we're seeking. I think every human being wants more love. I think every human being wants to give more love. I think that's something we can all resonate with. And now is our opportunity It's right there for the taking, and it's right there for the giving. So from my heart to each one of you very beautiful people, much love and have a beautiful week. And thank you, Arielle, for giving me the opportunity to be with you tonight. It's always a pleasure, and I I just love to hear about all those good things that are coming out of a bad situation. You bet. There's lots more. We'll... We'll have more in the well, weeks to come. There were far more stories than I could report on tonight. So that's it. And yeah. that brightened me up just to see how many there were. So uh, yeah, we'll do yeah, it again. It, it inspires people to bring out the compassion and, and, you know, lay down the hatchet and go ahead and, you know, do something oh, for someone else. So oh, gosh, that's yeah. wonderful news. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we'll welcome. talk to you two weeks from tonight. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. Bye, okay, everybody. Okay, thanks, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Okay. So I am going to get um, Lavendar's mic open and our guest, Sagrera. And I know you're – oh, there you are. Okay. All right. Well, Sagrera, welcome to Starseed Radio. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much, Ariel. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're we're really looking forward to um, what you have to show, teach, and tell us about. Lavendar, um, are you ready to go? I'm here. I'm ready. Okay. So, Hi. so girl, I'm so happy that you're our guest tonight, and um, I wanted the uh, the uh, audience to know that you are beautiful. 
and bountiful with your energies and that you have a great spirit and that you've been to the quest twice and we all love you so much and can't wait to hear what you have to tell our audience tonight so let's start out by by having you talk to us a little bit about where you're from and where you live and give us a little basic uh, information about you Okay, thank you so much. Um, I love you also, and I'm so happy to be here. And that was, I just have to say really quickly, that was my favorite news. Um, that was amazing, all the wonderful things that Anastasia shared about the baby trees and the owls and the storks. That was amazing. But um, so to share a little bit about myself, um, I grew up in Curacao, which is a little tiny Dutch island of the Caribbean, and I um, was an only child, so animals were really my my siblings. Um, I grew up feeling that they were exactly um, completely equal to humans, and I never really um, perceived the species hierarchy. Now, um, for, for a while, um, they toned down my ability a little bit to understand them as I was growing up because it just would have been too hard. Um, but in the past um, 12 years or so, 30 to 15 years or so, they've been coming through ever since I adopted my, my first cat children who are in spirit now. And I live in Atlanta, and I communicate with animals full-time and um, at Animals Alive and Animals in Spirit. So what made you realize that that you were communicating with some starseed animals? How did how did you find the difference of their of their um, uh, I would say more evolved um, consciousness? Um, it's really what I what they think, what, what they tell me is they actually kind of um, have a little bit of a choice how how they wish to come in. But with the starseed animals, I noticed whenever I do a session, I call in the animals guides as well as the person's guides, and I started noticing that a lot of them were galactic, and I didn't know who they all were. Sometimes they would give me a name, like they would say Pleiadian or Arcturian or something, and then there were times when um, I really had no idea. I would just see what they looked like. Uh, There was one time where they actually looked like, like birds, and I didn't get a name, but there were really adorable they were like baby bird looking ones and all all different kinds sometimes they're um they just show me patterns it's just really it's really fascinating like it really opened me up learning from these animals and how they choose to come in to to really help (laughs) with everything that's going on and to be with their humans and incarnate to be with them it's it's they're an amazing um this gift to us to have them supporting us with their ability for unconditional love. So can you give us an example of some impactful communication session that you've had that was, you know, something that would really interest our listeners? I just had a couple um, of really interesting things happen at this most recent Pleiadian lineup. I have um, some starseed friends actually um, hired me to talk to, to their dog and as I was just, you know, we were talking about general things that had happened, suddenly I, the dog asked if I could give them, like, an energy transference or an activation on his behalf. And this had never happened before. I don't normally, um, you know, send anything to the, to the humans. But he basically bridged an energetic coming through from 
um, from the stars for for his humans, which is really lovely. And um, and then the very next day, I had a kitty who is in spirit do something very similar, and I actually felt her paw like I like she's in spirit, but I kind of energetically felt her paw on my hand as she was sort of directing the energy. So they've been coming, they've been doing some like extra um, interesting things lately. Wow, that's 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 really something to hear. So what type of animals do you find that want to speak the most often? What's, what's something that's real easy for them to communicate with you? Do you find a species more easy than, than others? It's not. I don't. It's not really species based. Um, what I'm. What I find is that usually the the animals that live in with humans as part of their family tend to be um, super open to communication just because they're already so um, attuned to to sort of how humans communicate. So like dogs, cats, you know, horses. But then also I've talked to you know a lot of people have other types of animals as part of their families like. Um, um, rats or ferrets or all, all different kinds. But um, I do notice that sometimes wildlife, um, they tend to be a little bit more busy. And so trying to talk to them can be a little bit like asking a stranger to have a conversation with you. So they'll be kind of like, hi, but it's it's usually best if you have a relationship with the animal if you're going to just start communicating with them. So have you ever um, talked with a parrot or worked with a parrot that can that can talk back. <laughs> yes, my my parents actually have a small parrot, and um, he absolutely um, talks. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's very aware and very perceptive, and and absolutely like says the exact right words at the at the most unexpected moments. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're really fun. Animal. So, what I find is. Oh, go ahead. Well, give us some more examples of some of the work that you do. Tell us some stories. Yeah. Okay. Um, what one of the things that a lot that's coming through um, a lot with a lot of animals is they really want to help their their humans um, to sort of tap into their intuitive abilities. Um, so they share sort of the things that they do energetically. Um, I talked to a cat um, not too long ago who was actually. Um, away from home for, for a while, and when he was asked about what he was doing, he actually said that he was um, laying down tracks, like energetic grids, um, as he was walking. Like with his paws, he would sort of put down um, energies into the earth. So that was part of his purpose or his mission that he was working on. Um, I also talked to a dog who talked about being in it sometimes they come from they've they've had lifetimes in elemental realms too as well as other places outside of besides earth and she talked about how she and her mom were both selkies in a different lifetime and then a few weeks later i got an email from her mom and she said that when she was little she was absolutely obsessed with seals um selkies are kind of considered to be like these mythological fairy type seal beings um that can transform into seals so that was really neat confirmation that she just had these memories when she went back to, like, her childhood home and found all of these things that she had, like, drawn and created that were all all seal-based. Um, I also do healing. I send healing to animals. And I had this one little – it started with a dog who showed up in a dream, and then the next day his mom um, contacted me for a session. And 
his cat brother was was very ill at the end of the year. And I remembered I had been at Quest, and Lavendar, you had mentioned that the Gizas would be could be really good to to help with the healing, and I used them to help him. That's when I started using them, and I actually sent one to his mom as well. And when it arrived, he had been sort of on bed rest, not even able to lift his head. And the very next day, he start, he lifted up his little head and started drinking. So that was really exciting. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So do you ever find that um, animals come back at, when they die, they come back as the same animal? Or do you ever find them jumping species, like maybe cats come back as horses or horses come back as something else? Have you found that? Yeah, they. Uh, in my experience, they jump species all the time. Sometimes they've had lifetimes as human or galactic. Um, sometimes they do choose to come back as the same species. Sometimes they come back as human. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, they, they choose how they want to come back. Wow. So do you do, you do um, retreats? Do you have people coming in with their animals? Do you have, you know, where people come in and in groups, or do you just do everything one-on-one? I Right now I do everything one-on-one, and I do everything remotely. Um, I work with a photo of the animal and connect with them through that energetically. Okay. So um, when you deal with horses, do you find that, you know, they have such big heads and big cranial, big brain. I always think that they have so much knowledge rolling around in there. What do you find with horses when you're working with them? Do they have a different they, way of communicating with you? Yeah, they have a real they have a really special energy. There's definitely something about them. Um they they're really sensitive. Like it's and I know this is that's probably not a surprise to anybody, but they there there's something about them that that they just tend to be incredibly sensitive and um and and really aware. Um I'm trying to think of a good horse story. It's been a minute since I've talked to one. Um the most recent one was one that had um, crossed over, and he was reaching out to his um, his human friend. And he they, they're really good communicators. Like they, she was receiving his messages really clearly. So they, I, th- I think they're they're really willing. Like I know that there's a lot of therapy programs that assist people in overcoming trauma. That where horses are, are very willing and 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 love helping. I had an experience where I met a horse once who actually gave me an incredibly good piece of advice because early on when I was a little bit more in the closet about doing all this, um, I was a little I was worried about sort of sharing all these, all these abilities, and I had a conversation with this horse, and he was basically like, you know, if, if somebody doesn't like it, he was like, don't worry about them. Like, he used an expletive, which I won't repeat on the show, but he was very direct and forthcoming and supportive. It was really funny. Well, that's good. So um, when you work with cats, do you find that cats seem to hold some kind of different dimensional energy? Because I've, I've had cats all my life, and when a group of them sit in front of me and their head turns at the same time and they're watching something on the ceiling and I look at the ceiling and I don't see anything, but they seem to have their heads back and forth. Do you find that a lot? 
Absolutely, yeah. And I am a cat mom. I have two cat sons in spirit, and um, a boy and a girl um, who are six years old. And they are absolutely aware of every single energetic thing that happens in the home. Um, the second that I start sending energy healing, um, my boy cat will, will show up and be there. Um, anytime that I'm channeling, like they, they're, they're aware of every single um, being that comes through the house, every single energy. They assist me a lot um, with energetic things. Um, sometimes what's really funny, they'll come in, and sometimes I'm doing a session where there's a lot of guides um, kind of gathered around. And sometimes they walk in and they're kind of like, nope, too busy, and they just like walk right out of the room. Like it's like too many people in there for them. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I had a cat. I had a cat one time. Um, I, I call I called the cat Piwacket, yeah, and I got that from Bell Book and Candle, that movie that came out with Kim Novak. You're you're probably too oh, young cool. to know about that movie, but anyway, <laughs> I had a Piwacket, and yeah, and and uh, I realized that that the animal was actually uh, balancing a frequency that I was needing because I had a, my little brother's typewriter. I didn't have you know the computers and word thing that we have now and i noticed that every time i got on the on the brother typewriter my pie bracket would curl up in my lap or be close or touching me somewhere yeah i love that they're they're amazing um yeah my kitties in spirit help me with sessions a lot too like they're I, i feel them and see them around me a lot and they when i've gone if i've gone and received um like energy healing from somebody they will always show up and they can be really bossy and they will tell the practitioner exactly what to do. Have you have you found anyone that does um chiropractic uh, moves on animals? Is there anyone in, in Atlanta that does that? Do you know? I'm aware of one person in Atlanta who does it. Um because I have, we have some some shared clients, and she, I've heard she's very gentle, and and they will even adjust like baby goats and and small animals. Yeah, I, I had one in Santa Fe that was an acupuncturist, and and also um, uh, he really you know took acupuncture with horses and all kinds of animals, and a lot of people were uh, flying him in for their racehorses at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, it was. Uh, Acupuncture was something that really started within the horse industry and helping a lot of horses. So tell us, more, yeah. Yeah, tell us more stories. We love to hear okay. stories. Okay. Yeah, I would love to share. Um, I some of the really um, <laughs> fun things um, that happened to me when I was when I was kind of starting out. I didn't expect things to be as unusual as they as they are now. And I had one little dog um, who basically told me that he could teleport and he would sort of be outside and then sort of go and, you know, be in the house. And his, you know, I I was really sort of hesitating telling his family because I thought they would think I was a little bit crazy for telling them that. And then I told them and they were like, yeah, we know. And that kind of thing just (laughs) happens to me all the time where I'll be all freaked out about telling somebody and they're like, yeah, like there was one, um, one dog who has, his guides were actually, actually looked like dragons, like really beautiful, like sweet dragons. And I was, I told his mom and she's like, I know there's a, a, you know, big dragon that sits on top of my house and is one of my guides. So things like that are, you know, 
really unusual. To me, they were really unusual at the time. Like, I'm a little bit more used to it now. But it's it's interesting that I find that they always seem to know what their um, their humans can handle. Like, they will basically share things that 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 will that will resonate. So um, sometimes they give them like advice, I've had them tell their their families really specifically how to communicate with them better. And the thing with animal communication is they're not all the same and not all people communicate the same way either. So they really are all need like, you know, kind of unique ways of interacting just like people do. Yeah. I wanted to ask you um, about something that I've been curious about for a long time. I know that on the planet that um, there's a lot of white animals that are showing up, um, species that normally aren't white, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just wondered if, if you've gotten ahead about anything like that, like the white buffaloes, the white lions, the white, you know, all these different birds that are now uh, are birds and, all, well, all forms of animals that are showing up, but they all seem to have a theme, and it's called we're wearing white, Mm. Has that come up with, with you, with anyone? I've been aware of it. It hasn't um, come through. I haven't worked with them personally, but it, it, there's, there is a lot coming through about more about wild animals, and they're, the white ones specifically haven't um, connected with me yet, but I have had more instances where wild animals are sort of reaching out sort of spontaneously and, and asking for energetic assistance like from from humans and especially from star seeds so that's coming up and i feel like the white animals are sort of tied into that they're i almost feel like um they're coming in as representatives sometimes for their species and um drawing attention to them by um by showing up in such a different physical manner so have you have you taken any trips to the ocean where you can communicate with dolphins and whales? Have you had that experience? Oh my gosh. I I grew up by the ocean, so I've always felt really connected to to animals, to dolphins and whales and other animals. Um I had a I had a trip once where I was at um Tybee Island, which is off the coast of Georgia, and wild dolphins were kind of passing in the distance and they they kept kind of sending these little messages about sort of like they were really joyful they were basically like come play with us and I I actually tried to swim out but it was a little bit the current was a little bit too strong so I couldn't quite get to where they were but it was really fun and um they they're yeah I definitely would love to work with dolphins more yeah yeah so do you find that uh, you have other um, people like yourself? Are you running into others that do animal communication work? Do you find that there's more people now on the planet doing this than when you first started? I think so. I think people are more open to it, and I, I hope so. My my, I would love for absolutely everybody to communicate with their animals directly. I think that it would really help with um, miscommunications and we tend to have – I think that there's an old model um, that exists or old programming where we sort of, um, you know, where just there was a species hierarchy in place where there was this idea of, you know, there's a human family and then there's like an animal that, 
you know, maybe it's, it's kind of part of the family but not exactly same. And I feel like now more and more people are starting to wake up to understanding that animals are just as aware and um, and really coming in to, to teach us and to help us and to be part of and And I think that with the acceptance of them being full members of the family, and I call them interspecies families, um, I think that's bringing along more of a desire to, to have a better communication. And it kind of goes hand in hand with people waking up because as they wake up, they start to, to um, grow their intuitive abilities, which helps with, with understanding the animals more. You know, um I've had lots of cats throughout my entire life, and uh, one of the things that I taught them to do was I told them to clean the house. And I'll tell you what I'm really? talking about. If there's some, if there's a lot of thought forms, if there's a lot of wild energy that's running, I'll just start clapping my hands. I say, "Okay, we have to, we have to run around and clean the house." And and I had three cats that really knew what that was, and and I'd get them started, and they would start running around and cleaning the house. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Well, well, other people's thought forms—they can take care of that. Absolutely, they—they. That's I. I I absolutely find that that. Oh my gosh, all the companion animals do that, and cats are are very, very um, good at it. They—they can tell like anything. Like people walk into the house, and they basically tell me when they see all the like kind of energetic gunk from them being like out, and then they sort of want to, you know, they clear them when they come in. And that's one of the things that um, has been showing up a little bit lately, too, is that sometimes they are very, very good at it, but then people sometimes have a lot. So it's it, it can help them sometimes to they, – they may not all have the abilities your kitties had, so sometimes it can help to clear the home, you know, to help them so they don't have as much to do. But that's that's absolutely amazing. I love that they would just do that, like, when you ask them. I also had a cat that learned how to use the commode. <laughs> I've heard of that. One of my friend's moms um, yeah. <laughs> convinced her cat to do that. That's fun. Now, one of the things that I thought was was strange about how you know how um, animals will uh, have tendencies from their parents, and mm-hmm. I had I had opened my cans. Um, you know, a pop can. I, I had never used a um, a can opener, so so one time I I brought in some some cans, some cat food, and I didn't have a, there weren't pop tops. I had to use the can opener, and here they came running because they knew the sound of the can opener from another from their from their parents. Oh, and that's I had so never cool. used it with them before. <laughs> it's awesome. like, oh, that's the sound we know. <laughs> That That's means so food. cute. Yeah, and they read. They they can see. They're also really telepathic. So a lot of times they, you know, they 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 recognize. I mean, like what what we're thinking, and they can see it and feel it. That's so fun with the can. Back when I lived in Tulsa, and and I was um, really in another lifetime. Then I had a cat, a black and white cat, and I would take the newspaper and I'd put it on the floor and I'd go down and I'd read the newspaper. Well, my mm-hmm. cat started doing the same thing because I'd, I'd turn the page, you know, and then he'd, mm-hmm. say, and he'd go, no, I'm not through reading that page. I thought, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're not through reading that page? <laughs> That's when I discovered I had a really smart cat. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> and he and he also would answer the phone. So really? yeah, that was how did he answer? Yeah. That's so cool. He would answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. tell us some more stories before I hand you over to Ariel. Tell us one more story before we t- I turn you over to Ariel and the switchboard. Gosh, one more story. Well, maybe I might start to tell you the, the very first um, animal communication that, that the one that when I started, I had this this communication that really kind of cemented for me um, how you know how how clear it all it, it can all be. And I have a friend who's kitty crossover and she had sent me like a message letting me know and asking if I could just, you know, maybe send some healing like to to his soul or something. And as I um, tuned into him, his name was Monkey, I kept seeing these images of shooting stars and it was kind of unusual. It's not normally, you know, I, I get more. This was at the very beginning, and, and, you know, normally they show me a lot more um, details of what exactly is going on and where they're at. But this was just shooting stars, and it was really beautiful. And I remember sending her sending her a note, and then the very next morning um, she left me a message saying, and she was in tears, and she said that as he was, crossing the Rainbow Bridge. She had been holding him in her arms, and all she was doing was telling him over and over how he was a shooting star. Oh, wow. And I, that just was, to me, that was just really sweet, and it just really helped me to kind of, you know, really continue with this because I realized how, not only how cool that he showed that, but then also, you know, how helpful it is for those of us who, who do have an animal, you know, in spirit, because it's, you know, it's a really difficult thing to, to go through. So um, I know that for me, with my my two that are that are in spirit, it, the, the only thing that really got me through was to, be, you know, the fact that I can talk to them all the time. So right. that, that's my shooting star story. So we have really enjoyed you talking with me tonight and I'm going to pass you over to Ariel oh, at this time the activa- can I do the little activation that I mentioned to you well why don't I pass you over to Ariel okay. and let you do it with her okay perfect thank I, you I so much Lavendar yes I'm still here okay okay, okay back to you Ariel thank you okay thank you honey so uh, before, before we get started with the rest of the show do you want to do your um, activation now? Yeah. Yeah, that would okay. be great. Thank you. This will just take a couple of minutes. I just channeled this um, activation that um, to sort of help the listeners, if they would like to participate, to connect with an animal. Um, and I'll just kind of introduce it, and then I'll go into it. What I'll do is I'll ask everybody to close their eyes if they're in a place where they can do so. Um, if not, you can just listen um, along and always come back. And what I'm going to ask everyone to do is to visualize in your mind an animal that has touched your life or your heart somehow. It can be a beloved companion who lives with you now or one who is in spirit or a bee that you watch joyfully in the garden, or an adorable possum that you follow on social media. Um, It can even be somebody that you've met in a meditation, like a dragon or a unicorn. 
Um, and I also want to just mention, because I'm an INFJ, I know that I would probably have trouble choosing an animal because I have so many that I love. So it's okay. You can always um, come back and do, do it again. So, okay, let's begin. Um, take a deep breath. Please close your eyes. Picture an animal who has had an impact on your heart from your present or past. It can be your most beloved child or friend or even one you merely crossed paths with once only. As I am saying these words, they have been encoded to assist all listening to this now or at a future time. You are now linking creating a golden bond made of starlight, like a sparkly, shiny ribbon a cat would play with. It is unbreakable because it is made of love. It is connecting your hearts so that you may send them love directly in this manner and also receive theirs, which is beyond conditional, a gift freely offered, their gaze, their heart, eyes, now, In this exact moment of time, focus on you completely, fully, and envelop you in a healing multidimensional rainbow-colored blanket woven with threads of activations unique to you, kindly delivered via this golden starlight ribbon by the animal soul that you're connecting with. That's it. Thank you for listening to that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I've I've whew, just had a little visit with my Aww. horse. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a galactic being in a in a horse costume. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, um I, I I need to I need to come back from wherever I just was. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, I'm glad yeah. that you had that visit from him. What's his name? Avatar. Avatar, that's beautiful. Yeah, I called him Tari Darling. Oh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, what actually. Did you, uh, did you see him in your? Did you just? Did you? What did you feel from him? His his strength, his empowerment. Um, and his light-hearted, um, almost like childlike, even though, you know, he he lived 22 years, um, mm-hmm. he was playful all the time. Aww. So that, that, you know, playful, light-hearted, but mm-hmm. strong, and, and all-knowing, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. I'm glad. Yeah. Um so, gosh, I was thinking about a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about, and they just they just went away in that oh. in that moment. <laughs> but it was worth it, believe me. It it was worth it. So, um, oh, I'm oh, so glad okay. that you felt him. When um, I, I think that this has happened with um, with animals that I have had, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you have come across this with other animals. Um, when a beloved pet crosses over, mm-hmm. and and you get another one, 
can mm-hmm. the the first pet blend with the second one or or merge in some way? Um, what I have had come up in sessions is where sometimes the the second one, the the one that's currently living, will consciously um, channel and allow the one in spirit to come through sometimes to offer comfort. Wow! Yeah, and they're I, fully uh, aware of what they're doing. It's really it's really lovely when they do that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very very comforting. Um, and I, the my my newest animal, um, she just turned uh, a year. She's about a year and a half now, and her predecessor had very uh, unique and strong qualities. Uh, per, I mean, just consistent, lovey dovey. Mm-hmm. That was her thing, lovey dovey. So loving Aww. and and you know, mm-hmm. and and then my my new puppy. When when she came, she started doing those same things that Leah did, and it just it just really touched me. Um, so sweet, yeah. Yeah, I mean, little like when 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 Leah, um, the one that crossed over, she'd lie on her back all the time, and she'd have her most three of her paws were just kind of like up in the air but curled, but then one leg, a front leg, would be straight up like she was going to ask a question you know her arm was just like straight up and I, and she'd be sound asleep with one leg sticking straight up and it just always <laughs> used to amuse me <laughs> it's like, that's, adorable. Okay, that's just what you do you got one leg sticking up just like a flagpole <laughs> and 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 then and then when i got hannah um, some of the first nights that i had her i'd be on the bed and i had her all curled up next to me and she was on her back and i looked at her and i thought I wonder if she's going to do the leg thing. Not even five seconds passed, and there was that leg going straight up in the air. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, my, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I started crazy. to cry. I was so touched. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, so, it's so yeah. incredible when they do that. That's beautiful. I mean, sometimes yeah. they do, you know, incarnate because I come back to you. But then, but but a lot of times they, I do find that they that they will do that. They will channel, and it's 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 incredible. That's so lovely. Yeah, yeah, they just they just kind of merge, um, mm-hmm. and and I mean they they had the same bloodlines, so mm-hmm. that would that make it easier for for the no, merging or the sure. channeling if they're in the same bloodline? I'm not sure. I'll have to ask them that sometime. I'm actually, I haven't asked them that before. It might. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had to had to wonder because I know mm-hmm. you know with humans. You know, right. like especially star seeds will come back into the same bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know, generations yeah, no, apart, maybe. Yeah. But you know, if star seeds do it, uh, I think some of these highly evolved animals. Yeah, it would seems also, very possible. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, also do it. Um, let's see. So they can, and and can, so they can overshadow. They can merge. Um, the the cross the animals that have crossed over can work with and through animals that you currently have. Yeah, so, and they communicate yeah. with them also. Like I've had animals um, in spirit talk about their you know the the new baby animals are they're not always babies but the new animals in the household and they they'll be like oh we'll help you know with training we'll kind of show them the ropes you know so sometimes they will sort of take on like a big sibling role and. 
and want to help out and, and, and do things like that as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean I've just I've just seen that that evidence uh, so many mm-hmm. times. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So um we do we have some uh well we we could have some callers uh, if I open up the switchboard and um you're willing willing to take some general questions but not actually doing readings, right? Right. I just when I do the readings, I really spend um I don't I don't do like quick ones. I kind of spend like a long time like having a cup of coffee with the animals. So, um but I'm happy to take any kind of general questions or anything that, you know, anybody wants to ask. Okay. Um so um, actually we already have a a caller that um is waiting with a question, but before I pick up, I just want to remind everybody that if you do have a a general question, not uh not specific you know readings but general topics um for Sagrera then just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292 and once you're in press 1 so that we know you want to ask a question and if you're already on the switchboard then you just need to press 1 so <clears throat> excuse me we have um a, a caller named Chris and uh Chris is also a Quest alumni, and she's got a question for you. So let me get that mic open. Okay. Hi. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Good. So good to hear your voice. Good to hear hi, you, too. Hi, Thank Chris. You. How are hi. you? <laughs> I'm good. I, have, I do have a question that I can, um, in general terms, that I think that if people have had this problem, we'll... Say yes, thank you. But first, I, can I tell my story about my departed days? What happened? Sure, sure. His, I'll keep it short. But uh, he died. Uh, he was 12 years old, golden retriever. He's the best dog ever. And um, uh, he had a, a seizure, uh, a series of seizures in the day. And it turned out he had a fast-growing tumor. It didn't matter. You know, by the time it, it was diagnosable, it was too late. Right. So I was not ready. So he came back frequently to see how I was doing. Right. So a couple of years later, I get diagnosed with cancer and I have to go down. I live in Wyoming. I had to go down to um, um, Colorado for treatment. And I was, you know, so I was gone for months, which is also related to my cat problem. But um, I was in the infusion center and I, I was there for, you know, whenever I got infused, about six to eight hours. And uh, it's a big open room and people are talking. Uh, and carrying on conversations across the whole room, they started talking about their their dogs. Okay, and I looked down at my phone, which was sit, sitting on a table next to me. I hadn't touched it, and a picture of Dave came up on my phone. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, it makes me cry when I talk about it because it's like, oh my God, he's still he's still looking That's out beautiful. for me, and he still comes yeah. every once in a while. Absolutely. Hello? No. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because um that's something I didn't didn't get a chance to men- to talk about earlier, but when the one when they are in spirit, they absolutely want to connect with us and they they're mm-hmm. so good about the signs like that. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I love how he did that for you, and I hear a lot of stories of them um, really going the extra mile. Like, they will find a mm-hmm. way to connect with you. And um, what's even more, um, what's even, not more, but, like, what, another thing that's really exciting is um, it seems like right now a lot of them are wanting to sort of serve almost as, like, a guide, like, in a capacity where they really want to be around you, like, all the time and help with, you know, with anything that you sort of need help with and, and you know, leave all kinds of of little breadcrumbs and and little things to make you smile or you know or sometimes it's bittersweet also of course but that's yes. yeah and it's always felt like um that he was checking up on me he was worried about me right mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. he would he would he would check in see how i was doing the other thing is that um the day after he died he came back um and i'm like oh he's back you know it was so hard for me to accept that he was gone he's back mm-hmm. he's back you know and come on, you want something to eat? And he his he just sat there and looked at me, and his eyes were glowing gold. Oh, I'll never wow. forget that. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, yeah, he was a great dog. But here's my problem. I have this cat, and uh-huh. he's about 20 years old. I haven't had him since he was a kitten, but I love him, and he loves me, and he's very smart. Um, and as a matter of fact, when I had to go get uh, treatment, he it was confused and he was looking for me. And I'd hear him, you know, in uh, astrals meowing, looking for me, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he forgave me when I came back. Well, then I'm here for about a year and a half and I have to leave suddenly. Well, I won't go into why. I go back down to Colorado and I was gone for about eight months, ten months. And when I came back, he... Uh, he had been with my husband. He doesn't like my husband. And I okay. must say, I don't either. So, oh dear. Um, yeah, and he's gone. The husband's gone. But, um, okay. uh, but uh, I started realizing that this cat has sprayed all over the house. And he never did that before. So I've, mm-hmm. it took me a while to get it all cleaned up to figure out where it was. And it was, just, you know, because it was hard to be in the house. And I and if I let him in, he comes in and sprays. So I can't let him in the house. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, so I don't know. I might have to book a reading to, you know, get to him. Because I, I keep saying, look, you, you're a terrible housemate right now. I can't let you in. And as a matter of fact, I didn't have the door. I have a garage. It's heated in the wintertime, so he doesn't suffer. But that's where he has to be. And, um, and he gets attention. It's not that, you know, yeah. but uh, I didn't have the door shut. And he, he knows how to open doors. And uh, yeah. he got in the house and he went in the laundry room, sprayed in there. And I happened to notice him trotting down the hallway because that's where he starts, you know, he sprays yeah, in the hallway. These, these kind of things do happen. They're, the one thing I yes. can say, there always, always is a reason. And I know it sounds like from, know. from your situation you have, you know, some ideas of what some of those might be. But mm-hmm. when I talk to the, to the animals, like the cats, that, you know, if they're spraying, um, there's, you know, they will, they'll share, like, you know, what's going on. And um, the one thing that that's always, it's never just 
strictly out of spite. I know sometimes people will feel that way because it, it can be, you know, really upsetting to have to, you know, constantly do laundry or do deal with it. But it's never strictly spite, and, and they're they're not spiteful. It's it's more of a a situation where they may be suffering in some way, like either, you know, for whatever reason, um, whatever's going on, and they are limited in their ways of expression because they can't um, speak to us in, in, in our language, in human mm-hmm. language always. Mm-hmm. So, so they're, they're, yeah, there they're probably is something more going on. I would definitely rule out, you know, medical reasons first, of course, but then um, if those are, everything's fine, then, um, then, yeah, having a conversation with him. Would definitely be I think the, he's in complete control of it. Way. Yeah, I don't think it's medical, you know. And I, yeah, I no. say it's for spite. He's, he's, he, you know, he's claiming territory mm-hmm. where my husband used to hang out. Yeah. So I mean, there's and, so but, many. It's like interpersonal and interfamily dynamics are just so complicated. It's just as complicated with the animals as it is with humans. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So there's so many factors that can play into it. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, so that's good that you brought it up, though. That is something that yeah. happens. Sometimes, you know, there, there are territorial things with, you know, sometimes there's other cats even that are, it, it really depends on the situation, but that can be a challenging one for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I love him and I mm-hmm. feel terrible about it, but it's like I can't, you know, I can't uh, let him come in or have him come in and, and do that over and over and over again. So um, there may be something anyway. that he's trying to alert you to. Also, you know, they sometimes it's sort of just kind of like that's how it, how they can show it, they can show it. Yeah, I, I'll say not to not to you know talk too much about my situation, but um, I've I've really done a lot. Maybe I should try again because I really have cleared the energy out of mm-hmm. here, and mm-hmm. so it could could have been in response to that. So um, <clears throat> maybe I'll try again and see, but. Um, and then your information is on the <clears throat> is on the Block Top web, website, right? How to get in I touch so. with you and all that. <clears throat> yeah, okay. yes. it's on it's so. it's on the show announcement, and it's also on sure. the Blog Talk Radio um, description of this show. Okay. But you can just okay. go to sigrira.com, and that's S I G R I R A. S I G R I R A dot com. Thank you, Ariel. Thanks for sharing your story, Chris. Thank you. It was nice talking with okay. you. Nice talking Thank with you, you too. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Take bye. care. Bye bye. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Um, bye bye. Yeah, I I know that 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 would be a a, a frustrating situation, but hopefully, sure. uh, when you yeah. when you get together and tune in, you can um, figure out what what. What the message is and what the solution yeah. is. Yeah, it's just it's so specific. So like that, you know, her particular kitty would probably, you know, have, have you know, he he definitely has his reasons. But without sitting down with him and like chatting for a while, and sometimes just like with people, they I find that they tend to be, you know, it takes a minute. Like I, I don't always, you know, I wouldn't just start by asking, you know, why are you spraying? It would be I'd get to know him a little bit and then be like you know, what's going on that's maybe causing the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, now, we, <laughs> I, I don't know why, I, I just I just flashed on a, a picture of my very first, um, you know, as, a, as, as after I moved out of my childhood home, my very mm-hmm. first two animals were a dog and a cat. 
and um, I remember that they they thought that they were um, mother and son. Mm. And the cat would actually go and nurse on the dog. He'd pretend to be nursing on the dog. It was the funniest thing. Uh-oh. I wish I had a picture of that. But do I mean? It, and I thought, well, you know, if animals can get along and and you know connect like that across different species, why can't we? Yeah. You know, so they really think, do teach us. We, yeah, I think that's beautiful. It's, it's a great example, and I think we can. I think it's it's just shedding, um, you know, all of this programming that that just, just kind of made us feel separate from you know from animals and, and nature and one another. Mhm. So, um, I'm going to ask this, although I I already know the answer, but I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> so there, uh, there are. Um, what do you think about the concept that star beings mm-hmm. are not always um, visiting the Earth in in human forms? That star beings can have, mm-hmm. you know, animal bodies. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and they're not like other animals. And very often, um, I mean, mm-hmm. I would think for for starseed humans mm-hmm. that that they're most likely have starseed pets. Yes. Um, I, I, that, I think that's kind of what I was talking about a little bit. Um, with, with, it's, with they always speak at, at a level that resonates with their people um, because I remember getting, you know, all of these really kind of galactic things coming through and guides, and, um, and really it, it was because they're humans either, you know, like they are star seeds, but either they were aware or maybe they were like slowly starting to become aware of it. So it does tend to, you know, they do tend to kind of come in to be with one another. Um, I hear from a lot of animals that will, you know, incarnate just to be with a specific person or family. And um, they're, they're also, you know, as you were mentioning, you know, reincarnating um with different, you know, different bloodlines and things. I also have um, come across quite a few animals who were um, had incarnated as humans with their the ones that they're currently with um, in past, in other lives. Wow. Like maybe they were a human child or sibling or, or, or parent or something like that. It's really interesting when the animals have been the the parent in another life because they sometimes still have those tendencies even though they're animals now. And they'll want to really, like, you know, parent their their human. Aw. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. We have another caller. Okay. And um, you are going to be talking to Joan. And let me get your okay. mic open, sweetie. All right, Joan, you're on the air with Sagrera. Go ahead with your question. Hello. Uh, I'm, hi, Joan. I'm, I don't know that. Hi, how are you? Um, <laughs> thank, thank you for being here. Um so I don't have a specific question, I think, but I want to talk about this experience. When when you did the activation, I wasn't able to focus on one animal. I kept switching back and forth between uh-huh. a cat in Australia and a wild uh-huh. possum. No, a cat uh-huh. in Arkansas and a okay. wild possum here in Brisbane, Australia. So the story is I had this amazing starchy cat in Little Rock, Arkansas, that was with me for four or five years. And then through a series of life events, I had to leave her there. 
and come to Australia. So I'm living here in Brisbane, uh-huh. and there's this wild brush-tailed possum that comes up on my balcony. I mean, I'm in the city, and there's this wild animal that comes comes and devours all of my flowers and herbs. Uh-huh. But she also comes to my screen door and puts her little nose up to the screen, and I, I get down on my hands and knees and put my nose up to the other side of the screen, and she just sits there and looks at me. The same way my cat did, you know, how they just sit and look intently and just share pure, unconditional love. And that's what I'm experiencing from her. And I often feel like she's she's only my cat that I miss, that I had to leave behind. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. That's so (laughs) incredible. I just, I felt the love when you were talking about that. (laughs) And yeah, I, yeah. I think possums are incredible. Um, they just, you know, they, they, they sometimes they get a bad rep, but they're really just beautiful souls and like, so beneficial for um, for humans. And <laughs> they eat like ticks and do, you know, they really do all kinds of amazing things. And they are very, very gentle. And um, this possum giving you this connection, you know, kind of sort of returning your heart to the feeling that you have when you were connecting with your cat it's 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 really really lovely yeah i when i'm looking at her i just want to open the screen door and pick her up and hold her but she's a animal (laughs) well i mean sometimes you know like i feel like there's certain animals that are kind of like i almost want to call them like in between um animals because they're 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 wild but they live close to our homes um you know like possums and raccoons and like you know some of those kinds of animals birds and squirrels and chipmunks um so sometimes even though they're wild we can sometimes begin to form relationships with them in a way they may not be the exact same like animal companion kind of relationship because they're still Mm -hmm. wild but but we can still befriend them and and you know develop a a relationship with them and, and kind of in that way and what you're doing is is, is wonderful, and I, I I know possums really like sweet things um, too. I have a baby possum that I um, I have <laughs> been giving little pieces of pear and apple to lately, and um, I tried to give him what did I try to give him? It was something that like a I want to say it was like a cucumber or something that was significantly less sweet, and he just didn't even touch it. <laughs> oh, I've noticed <laughs> she devours. <laughs> The things that are my favorite, like I had some white petunias that I really mm-hmm. like. They make me happy yeah. every morning when I open the, the window and see them. Well, she ate them all up. And every mm-hmm. time I get a new parsley plant, she she just mm-hmm. strips it bare. And, and that's my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite foods. <laughs> oh, well, maybe there's something to that. That's really, maybe she's kind of just giving you little signs. It might be worth it just to have her around. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I felt like I needed to discourage her, but but that's other people's ideas. That's not really you mine. know that. Yeah, I mean, you could just plant more. And I, I mean, I, I come across that a lot. I, um, we have a wildlife, a certified wildlife habitat in our garden here in Atlanta. And I just, you know, live in the city, so it's not like a huge garden. But the idea is that you, you know, we pretty much create our garden to benefit wildlife. So, um, and we still mm-hmm. grow like tomatoes and things like that. And, um, but we also, you know, feed them things that are appropriate for them and have water available and don't spray or anything. But, but we have a lot of berries and native plants and really the goal for all of it is just for them. So like, 
and, and so far the sharing has actually worked out really well. Um, I think that, that there's something that happens when we kind of open up and sort of decide, like, it's okay. You know, it sounds like you're doing that already, but it sounds like, you know, and it's, it's okay to – to want to share with wildlife like they're not the the enemy you know like i know sometimes <laughs> people have all these things about like keeping the squirrels away from their bird food and it becomes very you know there's all this drama but it really you know we, we can find ways to coexist really joyfully even in our own gardens and and i you know be befriending a, a lovely possum like yours is a great way yeah. to start she, she's so beautiful oh i think they're beautiful too i think they're amazing mm-hmm. Well, maybe so maybe if you uh, if you give her give her a treat that she likes mm. better than your petunias and your parsley, um, she might opt for the better tasting treat. So you know, uh, uh, well, something. My neighbor's been giving her carrots. She takes everything she can find. She just <laughs> she'll eat it all. She she's like uh-huh. that in other neighbor's garden. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they, 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 mine was very, very picky, but maybe that's because we have so many things available. <laughs> well, I, yeah. My, my new approach now is going to be I'll cover up my plant, my my pots, so she can't mm-hmm. get to them. Actually, I did that mm-hmm. one night, and when I pulled the cloth off in the morning, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. she was tucked in under there. She had found a way underneath. Followed uh, her and. I think I dumped her on her side because I didn't know she was there. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to keep them all covered up and and just leave Mm. her a little bit of something, I think, every night Mm. now. I think that that sounds wonderful. They really like apples. I mean, at least mine really likes apples and pears. But anything, bananas, probably anything anything that you have around would probably be good like that. Yeah, do that. (laughs) Thanks. It's been fun to talk about this. Thank (laughs) you. Okay. Well, Joan, thank you for calling all the way from Australia. It was nice yeah, to meet you and that. talk with you. Okay. It's good to be here. Take care. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. That's so cool. It made me think uh, I have a possum story, and uh, I, really? I'd like to just really quickly, uh, yeah, not, in the same, not in the same way as Joan, but um, – mm-hmm. Uh, for years now, um, you know, Lavendar had introduced me to the medicine cards by Jamie Sams, and they tell you, you know, the animal medicines, and even if just just that you see them, that's the message. And then, and I would go and look it up in the book, and eventually, I I had it all memorized. So when animals would cross my path, um, I would associate that with the message that I had learned. Well, of course, you know, possum medicine is to be able to play dead, to, you know, uh, avoid danger by looking like they're already dead. Uh And in this book, it says that, you know, if you see a possum, it's telling you that you need to, you know, kind of cloak yourself and, you know, don't uh, don't put yourself out there. It's, it's, It's a protection kind of you know, cloaking, uh, don't tell everybody what you're doing. Well, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the few months leading up to um, the beginning of Starseed Hotline, so we're going mm-hmm. back to like to 2009 and before that, and I'm driving down the road and, and I saw a dead possum. 
and I remember from the book that that when if you see a dead possum, the message is that it's time to come out of the closet. So if they're alive, oh. it's time to you know kind of be in the closet if they're about yeah. something. Uh, and then if they're dead, it's time to come out of the closet. And I thought I was like, oh, well, come out of the closet. Wonder what that's about. Well, in the next two weeks. Now uh-huh. let me preface this by saying. Yeah, we'll see occasionally, you know, once a, you know, once a month or two or something, you might see a possum on the, dead on the side of the road. They're they're plentiful around here, but they're not always, you know, on the road. In the next two weeks, I saw 26 dead possums on the same road. Oh my god! Aww. And wow. and I was like, okay. I got it loud and clear. It's time to come out of the closet. And 26, I mean, that's the number of the galactic degrees. And within two months, I, I had done the website and Starseed Hotline was born. So, and that was, <laughs> it's like, thank you to the possums. for wow. you know Because, yeah. I mean, Lavendar and I, I mean, we deliberated because she'd been holding the material for so long. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we got to go public. We got to go public. And, um, and then after yeah. that, you know, messages from the possums. It's like we really need to go public, and we did. That's and now really here we clear. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and actually, I forgot to mention that we've been so busy that in um, in April was our 11th birthday for the for the website, and in March was our 10th birthday for the radio show. Congratulations! And, uh, yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> it just. Uh, yeah, well, we've—I mean—we've just been so um, overwhelmed, really, because yeah. there is such a massive starseed awakening happening, and it started when the sun was at galactic degree in December of 2018, and then it's just been snowballing, and it's from our vantage point, it's a massive global starseed awakening, and I know the animals have something to do with this, but yeah. right when we are about to, you know, have this global crisis. There's more star seeds waking up than ever before. I mean, a thousand times more than before. Wow. So that's all part of the part of a grand plan. So that got a little yeah. bit off topic. <laughs> got a little bit off no, topic that's there, okay. but. <laughs> but um, it all started yeah. with the possums, and it and all we, started. You know, we all so it all much- started. <laughs> Because I noticed. Yeah, 26. and we all so much appreciate everything that you've all been doing <laughs> this, this whole time, well, just getting everything it, ready it, and helping every, helping us awaken. Well, it's I mean, it's it's Lavendar's life work, and I'm honored to uh, be of assistance with that. So um, I just want to recap a little bit here before we sign off. Um, I'll just let me take another check and make sure we don't have any more callers waiting. Um, uh, we are we're good. We we're good. So um, I want everyone to make sure you check out Sagrera's website, and that is sagrera.com. S i g r i r a dot com, and you can book a session and. Um, Make yourself and your pets <laughs> happier and um, living more harmoniously. And I am actually going to do that myself. 
because I've got some questions for you, Sagrira, <laughs> about oh, my, my dogs. Yeah. I can't wait so, to meet them they, in person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they are they're very, very special. I know that, I mean, they've got star markings. and Of course, I mean, I did their charts. <laughs> but um, it's just been a pleasure having you with us and so wonderful to know you and, you know, spending time with you in Arkansas. We really got to experience your beautiful energy. And uh, you're just so loving and so compassionate. Uh, and it's wonderful to know you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's wonderful to know you, too. Well, I look forward to seeing you again in Arkansas one day. And um, until then, we're going to sign off. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Good night. Good night. And we will be back two weeks from tonight. And until then, make a conscious effort to be more compassionate, more understanding, and do what you can to help your neighbors, your friends, your strangers in your town. This is a time to open up and show the world the divine grace within all of us. Until next time, good night. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.